Shalom and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you enjoy this selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. A few months ago, under the leadership of the incomparable Sarah Eckstein, we started a new program for our ELC, our preschool, that we call Torah Alive, in which our oldest kids come right here, literally right here. We sit in a circle in the chapel, and we learn Torah with one of the rabbis or Emily or Carly or one of our other amazing educators. And uh, speaking for myself, it is always one of the highlights of my week. In one of our first sessions together, I was teaching them about Noah. And for four and five-year-olds, they actually know quite a lot about Noah. And I think it is because our baby program is called Noah's Ark. And so I began the class by asking them what was so special about Noah. And I got a lot of cute responses. Um, You know, he built an ark, uh, he animals two by two. But my favorite, brilliant, was one kid said, everybody is special. I said, what's special about Noah? He responded, everybody's special. It reminded me of Barney, but I don't think kids watch Barney anymore. So this kid just (laughs) got it all his own. Um, But it wasn't what I had in mind. It wasn't what I was going for, but it was very wise. And it's actually one of the lessons found in our Torah portion this week. This week, as we begin the fourth book of the Torah Bamidbar, or the book of Numbers in English, um, I have to say it's actually a good thing that I wasn't teaching them this parasha, And that's not because, as in many parshiot, it is R-rated or NC-17, which we do have quite a bit of graphic uh, stuff uh, in the book of Numbers. No, it's not because of that, but because this parasha is really, really boring. (laughs) Really boring. I I say that with all due respect. Um, The book of Numbers, there's some good stuff later, but at the beginning, it is um, a census. The book of Numbers gets its name from the census that uh, Moses takes of the Israelites. Uh, How many numbers, right? What was the number of the Jewish people? Um, And verse after verse is just name after name of ancestors who lived thousands of years ago. It's enough to put any five-year-old to sleep or 55, or 85. But um, why were they taking a census in the first place? Why do we need to know how many Israelites there were? Well, in the Torah, some censuses are taken because we're about to go to war, and we, didn't know, we need to know how many fighting age males we have. Other censuses are taken before a building project, and uh, just when the, the census taker comes and knocks on your door and says, who lives here, they also asked for coin to fund the project. But this census, um, as the Israelites had just begun their wandering in the desert, was taken, according to Rashi, only out of God's love. 
a midrash, uh, uh, a midrash, a rabbinic story, gives a parable of what God is doing. It describes, quote, a man who has all his favorite treasures in a beautiful box. He loves them so much that he opens the box repeatedly just to take out his treasures, to examine them and count them again and again to make sure they are all there. So too does the eternal God count and recount those that are dear and treasured. And every year, as Jews who retell the story, who reread those ancient names, or like we will in a few minutes, read the names on a cottage list that many of you are here to remember tonight, we are like God, remembering and loving the importance and the uniqueness of each individual person. But how many individuals were there in that first census in Bamidbar? According to the Torah, 603,550 people. 603,550 people who stood at Mount Sinai. And this number is actually the basis for one of my favorite brachot, my favorite blessings in the Jewish tradition. In Judaism, as you know, we have... Um, special prayers or blessings for almost everything, um, a blessing for seeing a person you haven't seen in 30 or more days, uh, a blessing for thunder and lightning and fresh flowers, even a blessing for rainbows, which comes from the story of Noah. Um, and I actually have part of that bracha engraved in my wedding ring. But this blessing, uh, this blessing is as follows. Uh, oh, this, is, this blessing is one that we say when there are 600,000 Jews all gathered together in one place. 600,000 Jews all gathered together in one place. You know the, uh, the, the phrase, two Jews, three opinions? How many opinions is that? That's quick math. Uh, but um, it's interesting because some commentators say that this has actually never come to pass since... Sinai, since all the Jews were together in this moment we read about in the Torah, there may never have been 600,000 Jews altogether, although um, in the protests against the judicial overhaul in Israel the last few months, actually, I think that number was surpassed. But I digress. What is the blessing that we are to say when there are 600,000 Jews all together? Baruch ata Adonai hacham harazim. Blessed are you, O God, the knower of secrets. Blessed are you, O God, the knower of secrets. Even in such an unfathomably large group of people, our tradition teaches that God knows the secrets that are in, that are in each one of our hearts, that God loves us for who we are deep inside, that secret part that we so rarely show to the world. And this can be a hard lesson for us to internalize, for kids, but for all of us. Changing who we are because of peer pressure, striving for some so-called ideal on social media or TV or about the ideal life or the ideal body. So often it's easier on our psyche just to try to fit in, to pretend like we are someone we are not. Easier to try to convey that our life is perfect and we are happy. It's not just that it's harder to be vulnerable with other people. 
but it's harder to, it's hard, it's really hard to be vulnerable and open with ourselves. It's harder to sit with the person who we really are, to look inside and appreciate Jeff or Herbie or Becca, Rivka. But what our Jewish tradition teaches is that so much growth can happen, that that is where we are at our most powerful, when we can be vulnerable, when we can look inside and see that person that God sees, that God looks at when God looks at each of us. The first parasha in the book of Numbers that we're reading this week, it always comes right before the holiday of Shavuot, which we'll celebrate next Thursday and Friday. And Shavuot is, according to our tradition, the anniversary of when our ancient Israelite ancestors received the Torah on Sinai, received that ancient wisdom tradition which has guided our people for millennia. But the Hebrew name, the Hebrew name for this book is not Numbers. What is it? It is Bamidbar, literally in the wilderness. God gave us the Torah not when we were settled in the land of Israel, but when we were wandering in the wilderness, moving from place to place, disoriented and vulnerable. Many rabbinic commentators, they teach that it is precisely because the Israelites were in that state of vulnerability that they were spiritually ready to receive the Torah. And it is precisely when we are uncomfortable, when we embrace our vulnerability, when we step out of that comfort zone, that we are able to grow beyond who we are now into better and stronger and more actualized people. When we're brave enough to look beyond the people that our friends want us to be, that society wants us to be, and spend time with ourselves, we begin to see that secret part of our neshama that God knows, that God loves. So I'll end with a story I've shared once before on this bima, the story of Reb Zusha, one of the great rabbis of his generation. And as he lay on his deathbed, Reb Zusha's students came into the room and found him not calm and serene, but agitated and distraught. And, and the student said, Rebbe, Rebbe, why are you so sad? After all of the amazing things you have accomplished, your place in heaven is a certainty. I'm afraid, Zusha said, because when I get to heaven, God won't ask me, why weren't you more like Moses or why weren't you more like King David? When I get to heaven, said Zusha, God will ask me, why weren't you more like Zusha? And then what will I say? So this Shabbat, may we learn from Reb Zusha. May each of us grow more comfortable into embracing who we are inside, internalizing that insight of Rashi that we are all loved and the wisdom of a five-year-old, that each one of us is special. Shabbat Shalom.